Good morning, good morning. How is everybody doing this morning? Oh, man. Guys, I was already a little nervous, and now you're not sounding too excited. Oh, we only got one light on? I can see this side. I like last time because I couldn't see anybody hardly. Oh, here we go. Now we're ready. Awesome. Well, as you guys know, we're starting a new sermon series uh, this week uh, called Four Short Pump, thinking about our neighbors and how we can interact with them and how we can love and serve them. I was asked this morning to to speak on meeting your neighbors, and I started doing research on that, and, and I just really felt like God was calling me to speak on something else. And, and I'm new to the teaching team, and I didn't want to rock the boat, and um, I was like, maybe I should just keep with meeting the neighbors. But there have been so many things that have come up um, this week and even this morning uh, that just really affirm where I think we should go this morning. So before we even talk about meeting our neighbors, I want to talk about how we interact with our neighbors or how we can be friends to our neighbors. Um, it was interesting. We're singing this song, and I knew the set list. I knew what songs we were going to sing. And Simple Gospel, I, I've heard that song, but I didn't really know it that well. And the first line is, I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. And I like, just this relief came over me like, okay, this is what we're supposed to talk about today. And so... Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Michael Alsop. Again, I'm a part of the teaching team here at Nexus and just really excited to be with you guys. Uh, Another part of my week that kind of pivoted me towards this direction, um, before I go there, I have to to preface and say that if you were here on week two of Nexus, like we launched and then I spoke the second week and I warned everybody that I'm a crier and I get that from my dad, he's in the back, like we just cried, like things emotionally evoke in us. And so I was like, okay, well, today I'm not going to do any sad stories. Like, we're just going to avoid it. We're going to talk about fun, happy stuff, being friends. Like, don't cry during that. Um, And then something happened this week that I wasn't planning on necessarily, um, but I decided to attend a memorial service here at our church. And it was for a woman uh, named Suzanne, Here's a picture of Suzanne. Um, And unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to know Suzanne in in a deep friendship. Um, Kayla and I had kind of just started to get to know her and her husband. We had done an interest group uh, for a young couple Sunday school class where we got to meet them. And Suzanne helped Kayla and I make the decision like, okay, is it time to move Evie out of the nursery and into Sunday school? Like, that's a big step. Like, we don't want to ruin her life if we make the wrong decision. And, and Suzanne walked alongside of us and said, guys, I think she's ready. Like, she's excited. She likes being with older kids. And just really gave us a piece about that. Um, and so we were shocked. Um, we didn't know she was sick. Um, and, and I remember finding out that hospice had come in. And, and I've lost two grandmas in the past year, and... Um, You know what it means when hospice comes in. Um, And so I was at this memorial service, and I was just blown away at the way that they did the service. It was just music and sharing. And in between each song, somebody else would come up and share a story or a testimony of way that she impacted them. And and one of the really important ones that I heard was from Kim Lee, um, who's also on the Nexus team, And she talked about going on prayer walks with Suzanne. 
And she described them more as prayer marathons. You know, you kind of got to keep up with Suzanne. And, and the way that Suzanne prayed and talked to her God, you knew they were friends. Kim said that she even joked, like, I felt like Jesus was walking with us. There were three people in the conversation. And I remember thinking, gosh, how do I get that type of relationship with Jesus? I can also think about, um, they were talking about Suzanne's love for scripture and these little note cards that she had and the way that she allowed scripture to pour over her life and just really just speak into her when she was hurting or when she was weak. She would personalize scriptures where you, know, where you just put your name in so that it applies to you specifically. So in honor of Suzanne, um, I'm going to read a scripture that we're going to go through today, and I just ask that we'd all stand. Um, So please stand as I read this scripture um, and allow it to, to impact you. We're looking at John 15, verses 9 through 17. This is Jesus speaking. As the Father has loved you, loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that, your joy may, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay his life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because servant, a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my Father, in my name, my Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. You can be seated. So as we kind of dissect this passage and look at how it can impact us in the way that we create and build and maintain friendships... I kind of want to look at how our culture as a whole is viewing friendships right now. And we think about social media. Uh, Clint shared uh, a, a book this week on her, the Gaten Facebook page about communication in the digital age or something like that. I don't remember the exact title, but just the way that we communicate with our friends, our neighbors, people in the church, things like that. And we think about these things. We think about... Um, how Caitlin and I run our business. It is a very social media driven business that we're in as wedding photographers. We attract brides and and grooms to to hire us to photograph their weddings. And we are very present on these platforms. And they have things like fans and followers and friends, and you're accruing this amount of people that are following you, that are friends of yours. But if we think about the way that our culture has substituted real friendships with fans, friends, and followers, we realize that we've made a commodity out of our relationships. And I would argue that a face-to-face interaction is so much more valuable in today's day and age. This week, um, yes, this week, uh, this week, I was like, how many days has it been? Um, This week... Uh, I was able to meet with a guys group, with guys my age that are married. Some of them have kids, you know, and just getting to interact with people that isn't through a computer screen, that to have accountability, to have encouragement when things aren't going well, 
And you just see the value of that. A true friend is not someone on a computer screen. A true friend is someone who will get your back no matter what. And maybe if you're sitting here thinking like, gosh, I don't know if I have anybody like that. Like I, I know people, but I don't know if I have anybody that would have my back. That is what Nexus is here for. We want to create a space and an environment for you to build and grow in community and get to know those around you and help foster that. And if if you don't feel like you have that, write that on that connect card. Say, I need community. I mean, it might be sad if you say, I need friends. Like, it's okay. I needed friends too. And I have found that in this group of guys. Um, We are more than just a church service. We are more than just a movement, more than just a culture. We are a family of friends who really love and care about each other. And that's what we want this place to be. If you don't believe me, maybe you saw some of the crazy people out in the, yard, in the front area with the pop signs and trying to greet you and people at the doors. And we're trying to create a space of welcoming and invitingness. I don't know if invitingness is a word. Um, I don't think it is. Here we go. Point number one, as we look at this scripture, faithful friends flow from the Father. And now my wife spoke uh, two weeks ago, Caitlin, and when she speaks, she loves alliteration, and I kind of make fun of her for it. I'm like, really, is that necessary? Um, And this is what we came up with. Faithful friends flow from the Father. If you want to be a person who wants good, faithful friendships, you have to learn it from the Father. We're going to look back at verse 9. As the Father has loved me... So I have loved you, now remain in my love. We love people because God loves people. If God didn't love people, there would be no value on us. And because uh, God has revealed himself to us through his son Jesus, which we believe he has done fully and completely, we get to know this man Jesus. We look at him and Jesus learned to love from his father And Jesus has now shown that love to us and that it can flow from the Father to us. If you've ever tried to be a a friend to an unfriendly person, you know that that's not possible without the grace of God. And before anybody gets too excited, it's like, oh yeah, I know that person. Like, you cannot be friends with them. Um, We have to remember that without the grace of Jesus, we're not lovable. I heard a phrase once that friends are like elevators, that they either lift you up or they bring you down. Lifting us up is ideas of encouraging you, blessing you, having your back, honoring you, or bringing you down. They discourage you. They drain from you. Caitlin and I have a phrase talking about life-giving friends and life-sucking friends, that it just, it's exhausting to be around, but to still put in that time and that effort to love them as Jesus would love them so that you can create that friendship. Be the right kind of friend that lifts others up. Number two, in Christ we have a true best friend. That, uh, let's see. In Christ we have a true best friend, sorry. Look at my notes. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for one's friend. So what's ironic about this, and again, another part that just made me think, okay, this is where we're supposed to be today. This part of scripture is written and and happening in the upper room. So this is the end of Jesus's ministry. He's just washed his disciples' feet. He's teaching his disciples, just the 12 of them in the room, 
The Last Supper, you may have seen that painting. This is a depiction of that where he introduces communion, where he introduces, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. We're in that dialogue. And so Jesus is talking about greater love Greater love has no one than this than to lay his life down for one's friends. The irony is Jesus hadn't yet laid down his life, and the disciples didn't really know that was going to happen. Jesus is prophetically speaking about the sacrifice he is going to make for his friends. So in Christ, we have the greatest love and the greatest friend. When Jesus does anything, he's automatically the best at it. I don't know if you've ever known anybody like that. I know I was in high school, and and there were guys that literally whatever they tried, they were the best at it. And it, it, it got annoying. Like you're like praying for the rapture. Like, come, Jesus, come. Like, let's just end this. This is annoying. You know, we would, we would go to lunch and we'd eat the rectangle pizza. Do they still have rectangle pizza? Is that a thing? No. Some people remember rectangle pizza. So you're eating your rectangle pizza and then Jim is next. And you're like, well, how am I supposed to run the mile after eating whatever that was? And and, you know, you'd run it and try to get under 10 minutes, like, just trying to get through. And, and this other guy would run it after eating, like, two helpings of the pizza and run it in, like, two minutes. And you're like, really? Like, how is that fair? Or maybe you're like me and not great at chemistry, and, and you, you go in and you're studying for this test, and you see the guy next to you, like, flipping through his notes right before the test, and the teacher puts the test down, and, and you come out with an 86, and you're happy with that. Like, fine, I'm not going to major in chemistry. Um, And then he gets 100, and you're like, really? Like, why is that possible? Jesus is the best at that. He is the best at everything. And so when Jesus is our friend, he is automatically our best friend. And one attribute of, of Jesus being our best friend is that he gives us what we need and not what we want. The best kind of doctor is one that says, hey, you've got something going on in there. And we need to fix it. We need to get it out. Hey, your blood pressure is looking a little, a little funny. We need to, to address that. He knows what you need. A bad doctor knows that there's a tumor there and is like, you know what? Just go home and lay down and watch TV. Like, we won't worry about that. Knowing what you need, not what you want. There's a, a story. This was one of the funny stories that I was going to tell. And I never really talked to Caitlin about this. So hopefully I don't get in trouble for it. But... Before Caitlin and I started dating, we started dating when I was a junior in high school. She was a freshman in high school. Um, And and I accepted Christ when I was 12 years old and was like dedicated to my church and and knew that God had a a godly woman out there for me. And so I was kind of known in the youth group to like date on mission trips, like meet girl, like our, our church went to mission trips with other churches and, like, everybody knew, okay, Michael's probably going to come back with a girlfriend from some other state. And, and that's just, I just felt like God was like, we're standing there in worship, you know. And I'm like, God, show me who she is. Like, I'm ready. And I'm like a sophomore in high school. And I started dating this girl from South Carolina, and it didn't work out, thankfully, you know. And, and all along, Caitlin was there with me, and she's like, man, this guy is desperate. Like, I don't know what he's thinking. Um... But thinking about that, I just thought about that, like that God knows what we need, not what we want. I wanted this, this, this idea of what I thought a marriage was supposed to look like, and God knew what I needed uh, in Caitlin. And thank goodness Jesus gives us what we need and not what we want. Point number three, as friends of God, we have the information and the inspiration to change the world. 
We're going to look at verses 15 and 16 again. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus does two things as our best friends. He gives us the information that at one time was only known by God. He lets us in on this big secret. I just imagine being in that room. He's like, guys, lean in. This is it. This is what we're doing. And he lays out the crucifixion and the resurrection and the salvation and discipleship and family and community. But he's not just giving them the information. He's giving them the inspiration to work alongside of him and to do this work after he is gone, which is our call as well. I will give you the information that you need to know, and I will give you the power that you need to work for me. Isn't that crazy to think that we know God's plan? Maybe not in full, but we know the trajectory in which we're going, the fight that we're in, the battle that we're in, and to know that the battle is won. That should give us the the energy we need to continue to go out and meet and love our neighbors. And number four, lastly, a true friend loves like Jesus. They serve and they sacrifice. We're going to look at two verses, verses 12 and 17. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And verse 17, this is my command, love each other. He says it twice. You know, the disciples weren't necessarily known as the smartest group of guys. You know, we got to hear it a couple times. And, and he's driving home this point, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but over the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to be talking about this same thing because we might not get it right away either. The idea of loving our neighbors as ourselves, loving each other, dying to ourselves for someone else. A true friend will do whatever it takes. If there is a loss, you grieve it. If there is a need, you meet it. If there is a wound, you heal it. If there is a success, you celebrate it. And if there's a joy, you share it. We saw a lot of those experiences shown just through the Hubbard family and the way that they interact with their neighborhood and the needs that they have. It's not that we're just giving to our neighbors. They end up giving to us in response. I believe that this is what sets Nexus and Gaten as a whole apart. Our greatest testimony for the gospel isn't necessarily our theological arguments. People may disagree with what I'm saying up here on the stage, but in my heart, I don't believe that they can disagree with the way that I love my wife or my kids or you all and the friends and the family that I have here. The way that we love one another, people can't disagree with. And a lot of times, they're confused by it. Again, Kayla and I have a pretty um, public uh, life out on social media. We share a lot, and people are drawn into that, and they don't know why. And we believe that it's because of the love of Jesus coming through us. They see that, they're enticed by that, and they want to know more about it, and we want to draw them in and say, man, if you want to love your wife better, if you want to serve your husband better, if you want to be a part of your neighborhood better, we think that we need to look at Jesus first. That because he learned to love from his father and then he loved us, it comes down to us. We want to help foster friendships and help create connections. We have small groups here that you can be a part of to become a friend, know people, love people, serve people, and sacrifice for people. A true friend serves and sacrifices because Jesus taught them how. 
We're coming to a, a part in our service, and the worship team can come on up um, wherever you all are. Um, a time of sacrifice. We call it offering, giving of our, our tithes, our, our money back to God, our financial resources. And if this is your first time here, you know, there's no expectation for you to give. But we just really feel that this is a time to sacrifice for God, that, that we feel drawn to give God what is his to further his kingdom and the work that he is doing in this place. So I'm going to pray for us, uh, and then the team is going to play, and we're going to do offering, uh, and then I'll come back up to close. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning and for the friends and family in this room. God, I pray that, that we would continue to listen to your spirit as it, as it moves in our hearts. God, I confess that I was nervous about, about changing subjects to speak on. God, I pray that when we started talking about loving your neighbors, that, that names came up in people's heads, that people's faces flashed in our minds, and we know who I'm talking about. God, pray that we don't push that aside. God, that we know that that's you speaking to us calling us to develop relationships and friendships with those around us. God, we know that we can only do this with you, that it's not in our own will and it's not in our own strength, but God, we pray for your strength and your will to be done in our lives so that you may get the glory. Amen.